Welcome to episode 17 of Keeping It a Hundo. Today's guest is Solvin Slick Naeem. He's a director slash rapper slash actor slash writer. Multi-talented dude. He's also the younger brother of one of my closest friends, Habib. Interestingly enough, when I first had the idea to do a podcast, I was discussing doing a podcast with Habib uh, as co-hosts. Living on different coasts makes it very difficult. He's up in uh, San Francisco. And I'm on the East Coast and everywhere else. It would have been nice to record today's podcast with Slick, uh, with Habib sitting in. A little three-man weave, but uh, Habib was unable to attend. It was actually his uh, the weekend of his birthday. It was also the day that Anthony Bourdain passed that we recorded this. This was recorded in Beverly Hills, California, the city that, of course, was named after my hometown, Beverly, Massachusetts. There's no denying which one's better, so we won't even have that conversation right now. While I was out here, I did get to have two great meals at two amazing restaurants I highly recommend. One of them's in West Hollywood. The name is um, Raku. It's all types of uh, Japanese food. Not the typical Japanese that you used to. Very, very good place. I've been to the one in uh, Las Vegas, and they have one in West Hollywood. And I also went to a new restaurant, which I've been hearing a lot about on different podcasts called APL. It's named after Adam Perry Lang. He's a barbecue pit connoisseur, steak connoisseur, blacksmith, knife connoisseur. He's the one who came up with the uh, felony knives. They're $901. They're a price. They're set at a price where if you steal one, you will be charged with a felony. But they're very high quality knives. And uh, he takes a lot of pride in being uh, unique and having amazing dry aged steaks. I suggest checking it out. It's right on the corner of Hollywood and Vine in the heart of Hollywood. I got to link up with. Previous podcast guest, Black Noise, for a nice dry-aged steak, dry-aged ribeye at APL. So the discussion at dinner included Anthony Bourdain's tragic suicide earlier that day and Golden State winning the title earlier that evening. A very anticlimactic end to a great NBA season. But we have NBA offseason coming up, and that's a season in itself, and the NBA draft is upon us. Definitely curious to see where LeBron and Kawhi and Paul George and Boogie and all these guys end up and see what the Celtics do. They got to re-sign Smart. Can't let Smart go. That's my guy. Let's talk more about Slick. He goes by the rap name Slick the Misfit when he's on the mic. He goes by Solvin Naeem or Slick Naeem when he's directing or acting. I love what he's doing. His first film did very well at the film festivals, and it was picked up by Netflix. It was a great film called Full Circle. He directed, wrote, he was the star of, he did the music for. So much of his talent was on display for that one. He's also directed episodes of some big shows on TV, currently on TV, uh, The Blacklist, Blind Spot. Snowfall, which is one of my favorites. It's going into its second season on FX. And another show that I enjoy, uh, Power, which is 
a huge show, 50 Cent show on uh, Stars. He's also worked on um, The Get Down on Netflix. And the thing that sets apart this episode from previous episodes is all the music I use on this episode is Slick's music. The intro, the outro, a couple songs in the middle. So you get a little taste of what he sounds like. And uh, you can find him on iTunes or SoundCloud or YouTube or any of those places where you listen to music. So check it out and enjoy my conversation with Solvin Slick Naive. This one goes out to all you second floor elevator pushing motherfuckers. If you in an elevator and somebody stops the doors from closing, walks in and has the audacity to press two, this what you tell them right here. This what you tell them. Huh? You second floor elevator pushing motherfucker. I'm in a rush to slow me up, you lazy cocksucker. I'd hate to throw you down some steps, but I'll take it there. If next time when you see me, bitch, so before we get into Slick the Misfit, I want to talk about my morning. It was a rough flight. Well, actually, it was a rough Uber to the airport. I'm in the car. I get a notification from CNBC. Anthony Bourdain killed himself. Mm -hmm. This guy was a big influence on my life. Like, honestly, I'm not just saying that because he died. Like, bigger influence than any athlete I looked up to or anybody. Like, rapper, entertainer, anybody. Really? Because he actually changed the way I live. Where, like, other people just, like, brought me joy and entertainment. And, you know, maybe they uh, made me, oh, that's how I'm going to shoot the ball. Or that's how I'm going to catch the ball. Or changed my life, man. Like, I started traveling because of him. Really? Yeah. So, I was in the, sitting in the Uber. And I started bawling my eyes out. And the Uber driver is trying to have a conversation with me. And I'm like... I was like having one of those moments. Like I'll never forget where I was when he died. And then I got on the plane and I was like reading articles on the plane and stuff. I'm crying on the damn plane. Like damn. people in my row, like I'm sitting in a middle seat. <laughs> it wasn't good. It was, it was a rough morning. Mental illness is, is something that I, I know a little bit about and seen it around me. And it, it was tough. You, uh, you ever have any, Influence, uh, excuse me, any uh, interaction with him or, you know, did you watch his stuff much or anything? Nah, man. Uh, no. I mean, I knew of him, you know, I, I heard of his show and everything, but nah, never, never, never was on to him like that. He made traveling cool, kind of yeah. like he made it like every, you know, everyone, I didn't travel as a kid, like you guys were more international. Yeah. You know, you guys were going to North Africa and stuff and France when you were kids mm-hmm. and I never, I didn't leave the country till I was an adult, just not anything we did. And, uh, Watching that show, his first show, No Reservations, just kind of changed the way I looked at that stuff. He made it seem like super possible to just be like, oh, I can just go to Europe. Oh, I can just go to Asia. Like, it was nothing. Yeah, you be travel. You you travel a lot. See? That's like like a big part of me now. Like, that's like a, that's part of my life. And he did that. Yeah. So, enough about current events. Let's move on to today's guest. I have Slick. Actually, let's call him Solvin Slick Naeem. Mm-hmm. He's uh, the brother of one of my best friends in the world, Habib Bentaleb, the booty knocking Moroccan. <laughs> and uh, this young man I'm with right now, he's, uh, he's about 10 years younger than Habib and I. And uh, he used to visit us in college. So I met him a long time ago when I was at the U. He was a young troublemaker from the streets of New York. Yeah, I was a wild little kid. Roosevelt? It was about Island, Washington Heights. You guys went from Roosevelt Island to Washington Heights? 
Yeah, well, yeah. My father was in Washington Heights. Mother was in uh, Roosevelt Island, later Queens. L- yeah, later Queens, and um, and then after that, Brooklyn. How does uh, your new coworker, Fifty Cent, feel about your Queens affiliation? <laughs> I mean, you know, he knows I'm from New York, and yeah, he's a professional. You yeah, know, he's just a professional. So you've been working on some TV the last couple of years, uh, directed episodes of one of my favorite shows, Snowfall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sh- I didn't know that's one of your favorite shows. Yeah, love Snowfall. Yeah, yeah. I was into it before Beebe even told me you were involved in it. Yeah, yeah. You um, know what episode I did? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly which one. The yeah. one that girl blacked out at the club. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I knew before I watched it too, so I was right, like right, right. paying attention right, to like, right. oh, why did he make this decision here, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Blind Spot, mm-hmm. never seen it. Uh, Blacklist, seen it. It's good. It's yeah. not my show. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Power, me and my girl watch religiously. Yeah. So, yeah, you're on, you're on some cool stuff. Yeah, man. July seventh is my episode. Premieres uh, July Power. 1st. Yeah, yeah. So you got episode two? Yeah, yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, you're gonna like it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a good one. So, can you run down? the creative process and the actual your actual job as a director on a TV show a lot of people I have limited uh, film background and I feel like people that don't have any film background really don't understand what a director does I was speaking to friends about uh, yeah Beeb's brother I'm doing a podcast with him and he directs all these shows and they're like oh he does every episode of the show and I'm like nah he does like one or two episodes a season and they're like, that's how shows work? And I'm like, yeah, most shows don't have the same director every show. There's a couple shows that, like, you know. But uh, explain that. Break that down, your process as a director. Well, I mean, you know, the show's creator has a vision. Sometimes the show's creator isn't a director. Most of the time it's not. They're a writer, you know, and they come up with the idea. And they either develop it with other writers or they just do it themselves. They can write it themselves. But to direct it is another, well, it's a whole nother beast. As far as, you know, it, it, a series show could easily just say, look, we just want one director, you know, to direct this whole series. Um, usually that would be the creator if that was to happen. They call it the showrunner now. Uh, no, no, sometimes the showrunner isn't. Isn't the, the creator isn't the necessarily? Creator. No, no, sometimes there's the creator and there's a showrunner who takes that creator's vision and makes sure that. Um, it's carried out properly. It's carried out and also like makes a lot of production decisions and stuff like technical decisions and stuff like that. Like keeping, make sure everybody's on budget and stuff. Um, but they basically do it like, uh, you know, it's it's to employ more directors and and um, to, to have a, a certain flair or something different about each episode. Otherwise, it kind of get boring. You know what I mean? They, they want every director to come and put their little flair on it. One director who, um, who, uh, who, you know, was an OG veteran, his name's Dan Adias, he's done everything, like everything from comedy and drama, and he put it pretty well. He was like an episodic director, basically, um, you go in and you learn their language, you know, suppose you don't know how to speak Spanish, you go in there and it's Spanish, you learn their language, but you speak the Spanish the way you speak the Spanish. You know what I mean? Everybody's going to speak it a little different. Right. Mexicans speak it different than Puerto Ricans. Exactly. And... Exactly. So you come in and you and you speak their language, you learn their language, and you speak it in your, um, in your voice, in your tone, pretty much. I think, like, a lot of people don't even know, like, you're not holding the camera. 
you're no. you're you have a DP that holds a camera. Director like I, like break it down from fundamentals. Like I don't know anything. So I mean, a director comes in and you know will take a script and visualize it in his head, and then he has a whole bunch of crew members that execute it for him, and uh, he just makes sure that the actors are giving the performance that he wants. He makes sure that the camera's moving the way that he wants. Um, you know, he makes sure that whatever the the uh, the um, objective of the scene is, that it's being executed and not just looking great or performed well. Like, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about the story. So each scene needs to move the story forward. How much dialogue can you mess with? You get a little bit of leeway with that? Like, like oh, I want you to say this instead of this sometimes? Yeah, yeah, you could do that. Um, I mean, you know, you talk to, you, out of respect, you talk to the writer first. I like it better if they did this or said this. Yeah, How do exactly, you feel about that? Exactly, yeah. Hash it out? Yeah. Okay. And usually, I mean, they're on board. Everything is for the betterment of the show. You're not doing some egotistic shit. You're just saying, like, look, I think that, you know, it makes more sense if he says this than that. Sometimes you'll make a you know a play on the day and be like, oh shit, you're looking at the scene, that doesn't sound right. Well, let's change this to that. You cool with that? Yeah, yeah, I'm cool with that. It's like you know, no, that's it. What's uh, John Singleton's role with the show? Is he just did he just put the money up for it? Or? No, no, no. He don't he don't put the money up. Uh, FX puts the money up. The network always puts the money up. Uh, John was the creator, um, the co-creator, so he had the the idea of you know cracking the '80s. And uh, how the CIA was involved, you know, in bringing that to the United States. So did he help write the pilot? Um, yeah, he did help write the pilot. But he comes on and he usually does, he usually directs the season finale. So he did the season finale of one, season one, he did the season finale of season two. And he's there on set, you know, he's there, that's my guy. Like, you know, we, we've, we've bonded and became friends now. And he's that's real a, cool. He's a big champion of mine and, you know. Good dude. Good guy to know. Yeah. Going back to the last time we spent some time together in Miami when you were down for the ABFF, the American Black Film Festival, mm-hmm. you won what best new artist? Or best uh, new best best uh, feature or uh, yeah, I won the I won the best film award. Best film. Yeah. Okay. For uh, Full Circle, it's currently on Netflix. Uh, it's it's no longer oh, on it's, Netflix. It's out of cycle now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got got it got taken off Netflix. Shit, the day. It was on there for like five years. Yeah, it was on there for a while, but it got taken off the day uh, the Chappelle uh, uh, live show came on. I oh, remember, damn. like they came in with a whole yeah, bunch yeah, yeah. of new stuff, and Chappelle's show was at the forefront. Okay, so Full Circle got pushed out, but you know you could watch it on any anything else. You know, every digital medium, iTunes, Amazon, you know, Google Play, whatever. Really, really good movie. Yeah. Um, I've I put a lot of people onto it, and everybody I put onto it really enjoyed it. Uh, Slick wrote it, produced it, directed, directed it, mm-hmm. and starred in it. And he also did the music for it. Mm-hmm. So this is a like this is a Slick project from yeah, top first, to bottom. First project ever, first film ever. Yeah, and it, it did pretty well. Didn't you? Did you do some type of crowdfunding? Yeah, yeah, I did the um, Kickstarter. Kickstarter, that's Fucking right. Fucking nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't do it again? No. How much money you make, though, doing that? Well, I didn't make shit, but I raised uh, 20... That's what I mean. Yeah, $23,000. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. So a little little story, a little aside from uh, his trip down for the film festival. We were out 
the night he had uh, won the award and went to a couple parties. I believe it was an HBO event we were at. And uh, yeah, you know he uh, passed away, right? That's what I heard. I was actually gonna ask you that. Yeah, it's fucked up. That's the only memory I have. Of that's it. all I got. I never watched that show. Yeah, it was uh, True did Blood. I. True Blood. Yeah, neither did I. But that was the only memory I had of him. When I saw that he passed, I was like, oh shit, this this is the guy that hit on my yeah, <laughs> my boy. That's what happened. Oh, no. Uh, there was a God, bunch of like God, HBO God rest, soul. God rest actors and whatnot there. Uh, we got to, you know, I met uh, Michael K. Williams, Omar from The Wire. That was real cool. And a bunch of other people there. But uh, me and Slick were hanging out and he walked away to, to go do his thing or whatever. And I was standing by the bar and some guy started flirting with me and putting his hands on me and <laughs> getting aggressive. And I'm looking around like, somebody get this guy because there's going to be a problem. I'm... I'm really not that guy. And uh, if you knew me a long time ago, you, you would be surprised the restraint I showed in the situation. <laughs> and Slick comes back and he's like, I think you knew who he was or you recognized him or you were talking to one of his friends or something. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I knew who, I recognized him from the show. Okay. But I, I, didn't, I didn't know him. I never, never spoke with him prior to that. And then he, uh, one of his friends was like, oh, uh, you guys met what's your name and I was like I don't know this guy get him away from me and he's like oh you guys aren't friends why are your hands on him to the to the actor I don't even know his real name his name on the show was Lafayette I don't know Lafayette from uh, True Blood apparently he passed away but he was um, under the influence and he was uh, aggressively making advances towards me and uh, we needed to um, we needed to have that stopped but that was uh, that was a uh, little side note from the last time I hung out with Slick. He's off doing big things now. Like we said, Snowfall. The executive producer used to be married to Meghan Markle, one of their executive producers. Do you know that? Who's that? Meghan Markle? I don't know. Meghan Markle, the girl who just married Prince Harry or whatever. Oh, shit. The royal wedding. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. I I guess he was married to her, they got divorced, and then she got engaged to Harry. Which executive producer do you know? I'll look it up. And then he announced, like, the week after the royal wedding that he was engaged, too. Because I guess he was, like, showing respect and not getting in the way of their wedding. And now yeah, he's engaged, too. Okay. And they were like, Ex- executive producer, Snowfall, so-and-so. Well, yeah, I'd like to know who, who yeah. he is. Uh, okay, his name's, like, Trevor Engelson. Yeah, no, I don't know him. Nah. Yeah, I found that pretty interesting. He got ties to the royal family now. Ties to Algeria. Yo, so... Who who would you say is the most famous Algerian American? Hmm. Uh, right now, probably this actress. Uh, I don't know her name though. I forgot. I'm drawing a blank on her name. But you're she proving was, my point. Yeah. yeah so you not, might be. You're getting there. Yeah, yeah I'm getting there. Yeah. You're getting there. <laughs> There's fifteen thousand documented Algerian Americans as of the last U.S. Census. Oh really? Yeah. Just fifteen thousand. Yeah, that's yeah, a lot yeah. smaller than I thought. Yeah, yeah, a lot smaller than I thought. And, uh, They're heavy in France, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely yeah. heavy in France. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, but uh, you're, you're moving up the charts. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Did you watch any of these shows before you were involved with them? Like, before you knew you were going to get a chance with them, were you a fan of any of these shows? Power. Like, you already watched Power. Yeah, and uh, and I watched some Blacklist before. Uh, I, yeah, I think I saw... I saw some blacklist before, but obviously when I when I start when that becomes starts becoming a conversation, then I look at yeah, it a lot you, more of it. Yeah, and you look at it with a different eye too. Yeah, exactly. 
going back uh, before you got into any of this TV or film stuff, you were doing uh, you were doing your thing on the mic, mm-hmm, rapping, rapping yep. touring, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yep. You put out mixtapes, albums. What what did you? I put out uh, I put out uh, two mixtapes. Well, one mixtape, one album, which was the soundtrack of Full Circle, and uh, and one EP. Yeah, I should be put. I should, and I have enough in in the catalog in the in the vault to put out a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff you're confident about. Mm. Not your best stuff yeah. to commit, like really that's, commit that's to. That's why it hasn't. I haven't put it out. Yeah, you know? some B sides. Yeah, exactly. What was your most popular? I mean, I think the one that probably went the most viral had to be Second Floor Pusher. Yeah, that right. One, yeah, that one probably went, was the most viral. A lot of people I know like that one. They know that oh, that guy. I know who that guy is. Like that type of thing. Yeah. Cool concept. Uh, what what made you come up with that? Like, did did it? Was there an incident? Was there several incidents? Several incidents. You know, yeah. when you go in the elevator and somebody comes in and presses two. You know, and especially when you're in a rush, and you're like, come on, bro, take the fucking stairs. You know, <laughs> you know they're not handicapped or old. You know, take the stairs. Talk about the uh, HBO short film contest that you. You won, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There had to be what hundreds, thousands of entries. Yeah, I think there's a I think there's thousands of entries. Then it gets boiled down to then it, I think they pick a tw- they pick a top twenty, and then it, that drops to a top five, and then 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 five go to the festival. Five those five films go to the festival, and uh, out of those five, you know, one wins. And you did you you wrote it and directed it. Yep, yep. It's called Stanhope. Stanhope, yeah. It's on available on Hulu right now. I got it available on my DVR at home. Oh, okay. If anybody okay. wants to see it, <laughs> what's it like? Fifteen, twenty minutes? Uh, seventeen minutes. Seventeen minutes. Yeah, yeah. That I thought it was dope. Very, very well done. Thank you. How did you link up with probably along with yourself? the most charismatic actor in Full Circle that you worked with, Rob Morgan. <laughs> Rob. How'd you link up with Rob Morgan, Lomatic from Full Circle? Uh, it's an interesting story. I actually uh, found him myself. I found him um, in a shitty little film festival in New York. I don't remember the name of it. You and saw him act in it? Yeah, I saw him act in a shitty film. It was like really bad, but, uh, but his performance was good. And uh, he played like this mean pimp smacking bitches around and stuff and it was funny you know it was I don't think it was supposed to be funny but but uh but I saw like a a dope quality to him and I, then I approached him after and I was like yo I want you to be in my in my film you know and I pitched him on being the illest villain you know in any any movie you know any, any feature could be because you're cool you know you're, you're dangerous and you're charismatic and funny at the same time and that's how I got him He's, he's in everything now. Yeah, he's, he's in seen Stranger Things, Mudbound, a uh, couple other like really big ones I don't watch. Maybe like Jessica Jones on Netflix. Mm-hmm. All these, he's in everything. Yeah, they call him Mr. Netflix. Yeah, he's all over Netflix. He's gonna be yeah. I mean, we, we we always he's he's gonna be on my future projects too. I think that's a good idea, good idea to keep him close. I think he's gonna become like a name, you know. Find them and have them meet me here. Let them come on their own. I don't want you guys seen taking them anywhere. Might have made statements about you stupid motherfuckers already. They're probably under surveillance. If you had to rate that couch you're sitting on on a comfort level from 1 to 10, 
Listen close, I tell you about a guy, uh, murder all the time, he don't even mind, no. Pizza boy got involved with this wrong person, took his money and accidentally did the cross him watching his boy gasoline right in his house. Duct tape covered his mouth, muzzled the shout as he tried to scream. Hands tied behind his spleen as the shot rings. All he can see is one thing, that's his best friend's life coming to a dead end. By two henchmen going by the orders that were sent by the main man. Go by the name of Lomatic, uh, disrespect him in the lightest, he just told tag him. Killing people over couches, that's a cold pattern Some so light, turning some so drastic Disrespect, now that motherfucker won't stand it He operate with no manners, he just goes bananas Damn! <laughs> right between my eyes You see that eight? Huh? Those trips to the shooting range, my they on I told you at least an eight, motherfucker! An eight! Well, I'm coming back for Power. Yeah. I'm doing uh, Power Season 6. What, they already picked you up after this one you did? Mm-hmm. For the next season? Yep. Oh, that's, that's what's up. Yep, so they got greenlit for another season. So we wait for this. Yeah. So how we doing production when the sirens come. Mm-hmm. Hold for sound. So yeah, we're coming back for power. Um, doing this new show for CBS, uh, All Access, which is like their online platform called Tell Me a Story, which will be interesting. It's a brand new show. It's like, is it a scripted show? Scripted a- show. Uh, basically, like it's like based off fairy tales, like Three Little Pigs and shit like that, but like grounded in in New York so it's not pigs that they're people yeah, yeah. like the storyline is the same uh, it's an adult show though yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah totally. and you're directing episodes or yeah just directing okay mm-hmm. I just released uh, some new music I uh, got a I got a new track called Mind Be Racing that I just put out on um, Spotify and SoundCloud you get on iTunes uh, that one that, that one you can't get on iTunes but you could get uh, the track I released just a couple months ago called Bugging Out. Uh, you get that on that too. Thought I told you motherfuckers about this one time. I smoke weed, just chill out a little bit and unwind. But I'm on some wild shit like you ain't never seen even online. I'll tell you in a minute, goddamn, when you wait a second, hold on. City passed me the L and that's when I started doing nine things. Like going to the market to steal six kids, sardines. But this can't be real cause it's weird like I ain't even fall asleep And I might be crazy but I don't give a fuck what they call me Cause I just might do things every time I lose it On my mood swings and I start making more noise Than a Puerto Rican bitch with the gold plate of boot rings On the 6th train, huh, the one yelling out move out the way Excuse me, pausing the scene and it's all this dream Cause it can't be real, what the fuck do you mean? What's for the blue jeans? That's my brand new thing So when you were touring, I know you went to some cool places yeah, where, where, what countries you been to? I remember, like, what, Brazil? Brazil, yeah. Um, I mean, it was really Brazil. That's it? Yeah. You didn't just, hit Europe or Asia? No, no. Oh, we, just, you... we just went to, like, you know, 12 cities in Brazil. So. Oh, okay, that's why. Yeah. Did you have a favorite? Well, probably Rio. Yeah, definitely. Did you go to um, Minas Gerais? It's, like, Belo Horizonte, like that area? No, no. No? I haven't been there. That place looks 
again, Anthony Bourdain, I saw it on his show. It's like a real cool area of Brazil that's kind of like people don't really know about. Really? Yeah, and he it looked he made it, he makes everything look dope. Right, right. Oh, you also worked on the Get Down, right? Yeah, I worked on the Get Down too. The Get Down uh, season one was was a really cool concept. Kind of just dragged on in season two, though. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, you know, they added this whole um, animated. Yeah, which I thing. wasn't really feeling. Yeah, I'm I'm not really into the animated stuff. What is a second unit director? Because that's what you were on that, right? Yeah, so. Second unit director, it's interesting because that show was very, very different from the norm. Usually second unit director depends like on features. We'll do like crazy action sequences, like on a, on a film like Fast and the Furious, for instance, right? They'll have a director, like whatever his name is, that'll be, you know, the name director that'll deal with the actors and stuff. But as far as like the driving and the cars flipping and all that shit, usually that's a second unit director who specializes in action and, okay. you know and stuff so like what that. was your second unit were you helping with like the rap shows and stuff no um for the second unit uh that's a good question that's a, a good question uh, or a, a, a good assumption but no i was doing um i was doing like new scenes that would be written where the uh, director of that episode wasn't able it wasn't there you know he was moved on to another show it wasn't in town yeah, yeah, yeah. and they wrote a new scene and uh, I was their guy. I was their go-to guy. So you did a few. You participated in a few episodes. Yeah, actually seven. Oh yeah. Yeah, I directed like crazy on that one, daily on that show, uh, and then and then also so you know those, those were the larger things, scenes with all the main actors, and then something as small as like an insert shot, which is like you know cameras pointed at a table on a piece of paper, and the actor grabs a piece of paper and puts it back or writes something, some just insert shots like that are important for the story but the the director didn't have time to do those because he had to move on yeah and it's not worth like paying them to come back just to do like one shot or something yeah i mean technically they have to offer that to the to the director oh i see what you're saying and he and he has to decline okay because it's his episode sure all right we've reached the keeping it a hundo segment of the show don't think you've heard the show so you're not really familiar with it i'm gonna ask you a bunch of quick fire questions and you're just going to hit me back. It, it might be from uh, something completely unexpected or it might be about your field of expertise. What's the best advice you ever received from Habib? Hmm. Uh, you shouldn't sleep past 11 a.m. <laughs> I'll tell you the best advice he ever gave me. Uh, we, used to, we used to work together, go to school together. We took all the same courses at University of Miami. We used to get the same jobs during the school year. We were together all the time. And I used to like to crank the radio whenever we drove in the car. And one night, it was a late night, and we were driving home, and I cranked his radio up in his old Oldsmobile Achiever, and he cut the music off, and he said, sometimes you gotta just chill, Maddie." He said, silence is golden. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like him. Typical B bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like him. What's the worst advice you've ever received from your cousin Suf? <laughs> Oh man! Soup fell on his head at uh, Habib's wedding, by the way. Yeah, he did. I thought he died. <laughs> yeah, we all did. Yeah. And then he woke right the fuck back up. Yeah. Worst advice, Soup's good. I mean, I don't. You just turn it off, you know. Anytime he starts to give you advice, I'm like, he's giving some good advice, I guess. But worst advice, Soup's giving me probably like going raw. I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> like, go raw, you know? <laughs> Fuck a condom. 
That's probably some, oh man some some shit. I was gonna say he definitely won't hear this, but even if he did, I don't even think he cares. No, no. Nah. he'd probably be laughing. Uh, scale of one to ten, what would you give Habib's performance at your wedding? Uh, ten. Ten. Yeah, yeah, did his thing, came through. Sneed was nice on the side too. Yeah, yeah, new nice lines. Nice addition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who's your favorite actor? Uh, favorite actor. Um, I got a few, but uh, Christopher Walken's up there. Uh, Anthony Hopkins. Um, Are these guys when you were a kid? You watched their stuff, or you, not till you were older? Well, Jim Carrey was my guy as a okay. kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like it's almost a different answer. Yeah. Like as an adult and as yeah, a kid. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jim Carrey was my favorite actor growing up. Have you seen his new doc? No, not yet. You got to see it. It's crazy. Yeah? Yeah. Well, it's not that new anymore. It's probably a year old now. Yeah, yeah. On Netflix, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really crazy. Yeah? Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. Okay. Yeah. It's about him? Yeah, it's about... They filmed... It's about him making uh, Man on the Moon. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I know. I saw it. Yeah. I saw that. He stayed in character the whole time. He was Andy Kaufman off screen, on screen. He's uh, get wasted like before shooting sometimes, and they couldn't like they couldn't get him to work. And he's just treating every like he kept going into these like different characters that Kaufman played, but he was never Jim Carrey. Oh shit! It's it's really it's a treat actually. Let me check that out. Yeah, uh, favorite movie as a kid, like growing up. What was your Fifth Element, Pulp Fiction, Scarface. And then now you probably go with one of those, like just a classic, like a Scarface or a Pulp yeah, Fiction yeah. or something. Casino. Yeah. yeah. Love those. Uh, okay. So, oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah. Coen Brothers? Yeah. Um, so, I had uh, me and Beeb's boy on, you know, uh, Courtney, mm-hmm. Black Noise. Uh, we, did a, we did a lot of TV show talk, and uh, we did top three TV shows of all time, our, our personal. Mm-hmm. What are your personal three, top three favorite TV shows? Breaking Bad. That's in the lit. That's on us. The Wire. That's on it. I think my third was different from his, but I think both of those were in his too. And, uh, and then it'd be a toss up between The Sopranos. That's mine. And um, and Kirby Enthusiasm. Ooh, see, we 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 did a separate segment of comedies, oh, so okay, you okay. yeah you can put that on the comedy list. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, give me a couple more comedy then. You have uh, the same top three as me on drama. Yeah. Seinfeld, you know, Curb, Family Guy, right. Simpsons. Yeah, we had those all up there. Yeah. Who's the biggest influence on your career? Maybe somebody you met that's an influence who kind of was more hands-on and somebody who di- who you didn't meet. I spoke about Bourdain's influence on me. I never met the guy. Right, right. Though there, it's, it's several people that uh, had an influence on my career. I mean, one of them was Ed Bianchi, who's a big-time director. Huge. Yeah, he did that, what, NYPD Blue? Yeah. yeah. Some of those, Every, all those everything. cop shows. Yeah, he's, he's done everything. Yeah, everything you can imagine. Yeah. You know, he kind of took me under his wing. I didn't know you had a relationship with him. Yeah, that's my guy. He's at my wedding. That's great. Yeah, yeah, he's a good good guy. He worked on The Sopranos, everything, mm-hmm, I think, didn't mm-hmm, he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dan Adius also. He he was a influence on my career. He's a writer. He's a director, director. too. Um, a guy named Brett King, who's a Sony uh, executive, who uh, helped, you know, found me and helped uh, help my career. Uh, found me at ABFF. 
Um, and then as far as people I haven't met. Their work, maybe their work influences you. A Childish Gambino, yeah. Donny Glover. He's got the best show on TV right now, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and he's 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 doing the, all of the stuff that, you know, that I that he, I do. Right, he's on in a bigger lane. scale, yeah. yeah. He's really only one. Yeah. Um, even though he's not much of he's not really a director director, even though he has directed um episodes of his, his own uh, show. His brother directs most of them, doesn't he? His brother writes, I believe. His right brother writes most of them. his boy directs most of them. Ah, uh, uh, Cairo. Asian dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who well, I met. Good, good. He also directed on Snowfall. Okay. Good. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, he, he did a couple of them, didn't he? No, he did, uh, he did one. Okay. Yeah. Did you do the, maybe the pilot? No, he did uh, episode four. Okay. Man, I'm looking forward to that show coming back. When is it? July, August? 17th, July. July 17th. Uh, Steel Cage match. Who you got? James Spader versus Sam Snead. <laughs> Sam probably, I mean, James got like 20 years on him, you know? <laughs> you got Sneed? Yeah, I got Sneed. All right. Most difficult person to work with? Probably the the, 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 the shorty from Blacklist, the the, the girl, the, the lady who plays... Uh, I know who you mean, yeah. yeah. I've only seen like five episodes, but yeah, 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 yeah. I know who you mean. She's a piece of work? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the most eccentric person you've worked with? Baz Luhrmann. And Why? He's the he, when I when people say eccentric, I think of him. Yeah, yeah. He's just like loud, mad, positive energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mad, energetic. Like he's a lightning bolt. Yeah, anywhere he's he is, he pops up, and all of a sudden the energy of the room just like. So he's kind of like his characters, like. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's yeah he's he's a, he's a special guy. Like you could see like his films are him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like just very big, large. Uh, what do people recognize you the most for? When, when, you know, I'm sure you have some type of celebrity where people walk up to you and say you look familiar or something. What do people recognize you from? Rapping, acting, any particular film? Or? Well, I, honestly, uh, what they recognize me for the most um, is Full Circle. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, yeah, in New York, you know. Otherwise, over out here, I'm like, oh, you're the director, you know, that, but it's, but it's somehow somebody I've either worked with. Yeah, somehow. they don't see your face and say, you look familiar, did you yeah, direct yeah. Snowfall? Because yeah, they don't yeah. really see that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so probably Full Circle then. Yeah. What's your favorite Spike Lee joint? Before Full Circle, the second floor elevator. Pushing motherfucker. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We met Spike Lee at the ABFF. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, getting, you You got a little shout out for, from him yeah. about uh, Full Circle. Full Circle. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Spike Lee joint? Favorite Spike Lee joint? It tossed up between Do the Right Thing and Inside Man. He's got so many. But yeah, yeah. I love them both. You have a song called Second Floor Elevator Pushing Motherfucker. Have you been in that situation since you put the song out? Yeah. Did uh, you spit the hook? <laughs> nah, I didn't. It's like a you know, lady or a uh, ah, you know, okay. guy. It, was, it wasn't like a... So you kept it to yourself, a yeah. little inside joke? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just shake my head and smile. Smirk. Top five rappers. Right now? Uh, dead or Alive. Dead or Alive. Uh, Pac, well, I'm going to have to put Jay in, in, in number one right now. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Jay, Pac, Most Def. He's he's made one of the list. Every show I ask, that there's two things that I ask everybody. Top five rappers, and the last question I'm going to ask you. Raja Bell. NBA former NBA player Rajah Bell had most stuff. He was the only one that had him on there. Yeah, most man. Yeah. Most is up there. Kendrick and um, I think that's the first Kendrick. 
Mm, yeah, Kendrick's he's he's there for sure. And then it'd be between uh, Jada and Big. Just yeah, just because I I, did, I wasn't as influenced as much as uh, a lot of New Yorkers uh, with Big. You know, yeah. I was more uh, I was more listening to Pac. I was too. Yeah, I I didn't get on Big till like after he died. To be honest, like I was in, I liked him, but I wasn't like. I mean, in know. New York, you couldn't avoid him. Right. You know, he was on the radio like nonstop, right. and I think that's also one of the reasons why I started like to straight away because you know you hear a record a million times. That's how like, yeah. don't want to hear it no more. Exactly. You know? So you're gonna go with with Jada Moi? Yeah, Jada. Just because anytime he he spits, like you're listening, you know, and it's gonna be something clever. He's him he's, and him uh, and Fab, both Fab too. You know? Fab is is very close. He's yeah. not in my top five, but he's close. Yeah, Kiss Kiss was a borderline, like an honorable mention, but he hasn't made anybody's five. So you want to put him on your five? Yeah, fuck it, let's put Jada. All on right, five. so you got Jada, Most Def, Jay Z, Pac, and Kendrick. Yeah. And Kendrick. All right, that's that's a solid list, and it's it's a uh, it's a unique list. You did some some traveling on your honeymoon. Hit a couple different foreign cities. Mm-hmm. You toured a little bit down in Brazil. You've done some traveling with your family. What's your favorite foreign city? Mm-hmm. Rio, fucking love Rio, and um, I really love Bali. Now can't wait to go there. Yeah, that's you know I only been there once, but I go back for sure. Just, just don't go, 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 go to none of the beach towns. Oh yeah. You don't go to Bali for the beach. Really? Yeah, you go there for the jungle. What was uh, the issue with the beach towns? They're dirty. The dirty beaches. Beaches aren't, beaches aren't that great. Okay. You know, it's nothing to be. Uh, it's not the. You know, there's so many nice places to go for beaches. Yeah, yeah. Bali's not one of them. Yeah. Bali's for like the fucking like, find your zen. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Spirituality in the jungle. You know the, the the trees, the forest. It's like it's another level. The temples. Yeah. Yeah. And the monkeys running around. Yeah, monkeys running around. Yeah, it's, it's uh, real, real nice. The closest I've been to an area like that is uh, me and my girlfriend just went to Tulum, Mexico for her yeah, birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very similar. It's yeah. a jungle on a beach. Tulum's nice. Yeah. yeah. You've been down. Sam there? goes there a lot. Oh no, yeah. I'm, we're planning to go there. Though. Yeah, you'll like it. Yeah. That's a very sneak place. Yes. Yeah, sneak be going there like fucking. Three times a year. Yeah, they they got like uh, they don't have cable and like not much electricity and yeah. stuff like that. They cook over open flames. They don't use like electricity at restaurants. Cool spot. Yeah, I'm gonna go there. Who's your favorite niece and nephew, Cyrus or Nora? Ah, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough one. That's yeah, a tough yeah. one. I'll leave that one alone. Yeah, they're both equally equally my favorite. Can you name three people? Named Slick. Slick Rick. It's one. And uh, that's all I got. That's the only Slicks I know. Though there's a, there was a Slick, uh, um, art like uh, artist. Um, I, I don't know if he was a painter or like, like a graffiti. Like he used to tag stuff. Yeah, graffiti artist. Like Banksy or something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I get a couple more. Yeah, who, who else is it? Slick Watts. He used to play in the NBA. He oh, was, like, yeah. one of the first players who used to, like, shave his head. Oh, he yeah. came in the 70s, and, like, nobody shaved their head back then. They all had afros. Oh, yeah. So he used to shave his head, and he got, like, a big commercial and everything. Oh, word. His name was Slick Watts. He played for Seattle. And then, uh, you know, Slick Puller. Rapper? Yeah. USDA with Jay, uh, Young Jeezy. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I heard of him. Yeah, Slick Puller. And then uh, Slick from a Bronx Tale. You remember Slick? Uh, yeah, he was yeah, part yeah. of his crew. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The Deuce is Wild. Oh, there's also uh, another, uh, I think, 
I don't know if there's a track that goes like, oh, what, he really loves him. Oh, what, she really loves him. Loves him. Oh, enough, show enough, show enough, show enough. It's a group. I forgot. I, I don't. It's not the Delphonics, but it's... Oh, uh, one of the old school. One of the old school groups. And there's a, there's a member in that group that's named Slick. Okay. Because in, in, the, in the track, he's like, same thing happened to you, didn't it, Slick? And then, <laughs> and then, and then Slick's like, yeah, man. Girl tried to tell me that I wasn't going to be her number one. And then, so there was a guy named Slick in there. Like the OJs or yeah, like Harold the, Melman yeah, in the Blue Notes exactly. or something? Yeah. All right. Have you met anybody named Solvin? No. There's if a I term remember, called Solvang. It's spelled almost the same? With a G and then... G on the end. Yeah. Did you... I think I remember this correctly. You were named after like a computer program or something? Yeah, it's like... Yeah, my father put put together all his family's names and all my mother's family's names and then like a, an algorithm gave him Solvang and they were like, well, we're not going to call him that. So it's just... Drop the G and call them solving, like solving problems. I like that. I didn't know that was exactly how it went down. Yeah. Last question. Death Row meal. What are you eating? I'm going to have this um, tuna ceviche uh, dish with this uh, uh, bread aioli con focaccia from um, a little spot in New York in the Lower East Side called Cafe Gitan. And this is a, a place that you specifically go for that dish. Yeah, only for that dish. And it's seasonal, too, so sometimes they got it, sometimes they don't. What are you drinking with it? I'll either have, like, a, a fresh Arnold Palmer, like, with, like, fresh lemonade yeah, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. pulp in it yeah. and some good tea, or uh, or a jasmine iced tea um, from, um, from Red Farm. Red Farm? Yeah, yeah. I don't know that one. It's another restaurant in, in New York. Oh, okay. That's about it, man. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. No doubt. You know? Yes, sir. Tell Sneed good luck at the ABFF next week. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be over there turning up with him. We might have to link up in Miami next week. Mm -hmm, Part two. All right, man. That was my conversation with Slick the Misfit, a.k.a. Solvin Naeem. He has episodes of Snowfall and Power dropping this summer. So keep an eye out for those. And if you haven't watched Snowfall, I suggest you get on board. Season 2 starts in July. There's only been one season, so you can catch up. It's on FX. Power, that's another story. There's been about six or seven seasons already. So if you're not already on, it's, it's too late. You can binge watch some other time. So last night was the NBA draft. The Celtics, uh, they didn't do anything crazy. I'm kind of glad they didn't trade any of their pieces I want them to hold on to everybody ended up drafting some big dude see what happens uh, three of uh, Nick's guys got drafted Nick Friedman on last week's podcast uh, Kevin Knox went ninth overall to the Knicks and then uh, a couple guys uh, went in the second round Ray Spaulding out of Louisville went to Dallas and Bruce Brown from Boston from University of Miami but he, he grew up in Boston, went to Wakefield High, same high school as my dad. He got drafted by the Pistons. So that's pretty cool. A uh, few of Knicks guys doing some work and seeing that the preparation, Knicks training company is putting in work and it's paying off. So congratulations to Nick and those guys. 
and keep working with Scary Terry. We want him with Boston. And thanks for listening. No shout-outs today. I need more people to share. I need more shares on all the social media platforms. And if you hear an episode you think somebody might particularly be interested in, send them a link. Text it to them. Next week's guest is Diamond. She's a professional dancer. That's right. She's a professional licensed dancer. She works at professional dance clubs all over Florida with no clothes on. So if you're interested to find out what I'm talking about, listen next week. We got Diamond. That's next week on Keeping It a Hundo. Thought I told you motherfuckers about this one time. I smoke weed, just chill out a little bit and unwind. But I'm on some wild shit like you ain't never seen even online. I'll tell you in a minute, goddamn, when you wait a second, hold on. City passed me the L and that's when I started doing nine things. Like going to the market to steal six kids, sardines. But this can't be real, cause it's weird like I ain't even fall asleep. And I might be crazy, but I don't give a fuck what they call me. Cause I just might do things every time I lose it. On my mood swings, and I start making more noise. Then a Puerto Rican bitch with the gold play the hoop wings on the six train. Huh. The one yelling, I move out the way. Excuse me, causing the seam in his oldest dream. Cause it can't be real. What the fuck do you mean? Bust full of blue jeans. That's my brand new fling. I let it suck my dick. Suck my dick real clean. So don't feel right. I think somebody watching. Smoke that with the homies, but I think they less than L With some type of a job, but what we what it's hard to tell All I know, I'm way too blown, it really, really high as hell And now I'm bugging now, now I'm bugging now